Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show with me, Adam Bayfield is my name, and over there is the other guy, Tony Kerr. How you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Uh, looking forward to this. Got a lot of cricket to talk about. Um, the Ashes, if you've heard of that, that's something we can talk about tonight. We, uh, we've we made a bit of a habit in, uh, in recent weeks and months of uh, recording in sort of spectacular, glamorous locations ar- around Guernsey, as glamorous as that can be. Uh, where are we tonight, Tone? Yeah, well, we were going to record outside, actually where we recorded last week or the week before, whenever we did it. Um, but you were late for once. It's getting dark. It's quite cold. It's very cold. So we're sitting in the front of our... Oh God, we're sitting in the front of my car. It's in front of our car. <laughs> <laughs> the World Cricket Show car. Imagine it like Morecambe and Wise. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually recording it from our bed at the moment. <laughs> Um, um, but actually, do you know what? It's not bad. It's full of stuff. Um, it's got quite a plush r- sort of roof lining. So I think it's probably acoustically quite good. I do feel like we're maybe in the wire or something like that. We're kind of, yeah. kind of equipment around with the equipment, us. it's like, yeah, like we're the FBI tapping something <laughs> that's going on there. But we're not very inconspicuous, I would say. People walking past uh, are just looking straight in and getting a, a live World Cricket Show, except without the audio. Probably better. It's a sort of visual World Cricket Show. No, it's a weird. I don't think we've ever recorded in a car before. Time so we're in your Canyonero, your big uh, <laughs> <laughs> four by four or whatever this is. Roomy, very roomy yeah. in here. You, of course, have recorded in a phone booth before. <laughs> I've recorded in a phone booth. Yeah, the list of places where we have recorded is is pretty glamorous. But yeah, we're extending with the car tonight. It feels like we're. I feel like Jerry Seinfeld. It's just like comedians in cars getting coffee. Yeah, so we haven't I got could, any coffee. Yeah, I could. Or, or not comedians. Apart from that. I could drive around. We could just sort of do a lap of the island. Yeah. I mean, that, that format hasn't really been done, I don't think. Cricket podcasting on the road. Well, we're looking for something, aren't we? <laughs> we need, damn it, we, we need something. We need something. Anyway, that's just, just giving listeners a picture of how we're recording this. But um, let's get into cricket, shall we? Plenty to talk about. We spoke last week after the fourth test, um, which obviously was washed out, which gave Australia the ashes win or retention have you like to describe it but we said then you know lots to play for going into uh the oval uh and it was a pretty incredible test match really tone wasn't it for lots of reasons england batted first they were bowled out on the first day harry brick made some runs didn't he mitchell stark took four wickets australia in response at one stage looks set to go well past england to potentially bat them out of the match um but were reined in uh, by some brilliant bowling once again from Chris Wokes and and the other England seamers. They were eventually all out for 295, uh, which meant there was a first innings lead of 12. Another test match in this series with a very, very narrow first innings margin. England batted brilliantly uh, in the third innings of the game. Joe Root made 91, Johnny Besto made 78, Zach Crawley 73 uh, as they piled up 395. It could have been a lot more. They lost their last five wickets uh, for 63 runs. But, you know, set Australia a, a mammoth target of almost 400. Warner and Kawadra put on 140 for the first wicket. And after the fourth day with a lot of rain as well, going into the fifth day, people were almost starting to say Australia are the favourites. Uh, but England roared back. Stuart Broad took wickets. Chris Wakes took wickets. Uh, and in a dramatic finish, uh, England won the game uh, by what was the margin in the end? 40 something? 49 runs, was it? Uh, to level the series at two all. So Australia take the ashes, but England win the final game, win the narrative perhaps. As as uh, as Brendan McCullum said, well, I, as I assume he said after <laughs> the game, Nicole Kidman, Kylie Minogue, Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, Bluey, Bluey's mum, Bluey's dad, Bluey's sister Bingo, Uncle Stripe, Aunt Trixie. It feels like your boys took one hell of a beating. <laughs> Well, when did you come up with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm awake now. You look very happy with yourself. Well, I'm, I'm done for the night, to be honest. And that was my one, my one thing. Well, I'm just going to lead on my prediction, so I think we can just we can call it a night. Well, your prediction was what? Two all. I've, I've literally, I've, I've shut, I've like, <laughs> yeah, I clicked the off button on my away. phone and put it in my pocket. I'm, I'm done. done. That was it. That was a nice, nice turn. <laughs> um, your prediction was two all. Yeah, uh, but we can come on to that later. Well, I mean, it wasn't exactly, you know, 
there were there's probably only three results, uh, three score lines possible. But anyway, what's your first question? My first question is, uh, what did you make of that? What's the kind of overall verdict on the series, would you say? Like, what does it all mean? Is that a fair score? There's a lot of questions here. Yeah, okay, okay. Is that I've a fair got, score line? I get where you're going. Where does it rank in the kind of all-time Ashes series, all-time Test series? All of those questions are things we need to answer, really, Tane, and give the definitive verdict yeah. to listeners. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember 2005, but it's hard to remember a more enthralling series for, for at least, you know, 18 years or whatever. Yeah, it has been utterly... Kind of cap. Well, it's been captivating, hasn't it, from start to finish? I swear, doesn't start on a downer, but the, probably the only the only downside is that it's it wasn't dragged out over a longer period of time. Um, it's all over too soon, really. Even though it feels like it's been going on for about two years, <laughs> and and incident wise, and kind of and drama and theatre, you know, it, it, we've packed enough into the last, you know, whatever it is month and a half i mean it's, it's it's about six weeks i know it's, it's really it's, that's it's, actually it's, that's mad it's really not very long it was at the 16th of 16th june, started, of june yeah. um which is crazy really when you consider everything's happened so yeah i mean i, I think it's it's undoubtedly you know we, we 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 pick faults with people who very quickly declare things one of the greats but i mean that is undoubtedly one of the great mm-hmm. series one of the great ashes series i, I actually really uh, i was sort of thinking about it in the shower earlier I think it's actually really satisfying. It, it, it feels very satisfying that it finished two all. Mm. Um, actually, in some ways, the perfect scoreline for me. Um, I feel like if Australia won... Didn't want to win it. I didn't want to win it. But I think if Australia had won, that would have been annoying, obviously. Mm. So that the fact that it... As an England fan, that, the fact that it... You know, Australia... Okay, they've gone home with the urn, but they haven't. You know, they haven't won the series. That, that winless run in England goes on. Um, but also the fact that if England had won it, it sort of it almost would have been like Basball has been completed already. Mm. Um, so actually, the 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 fact that that kind of you know we can I, I don't know it's sort of it's kicked that can down the road a bit further. You know, obviously there are massive um, massive tests to come in India and then going to Australia uh, in a couple of years. So it, it feels like it would have it would have all been too much too soon for England if 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 it kind of if it had gone that well and actually as well uh, you know i think we're both in the same boat you know I, th- I think one of the great things about sport is that in the in the you know in the the theater of it you you want things to to be at least to be on the edge or you know occasionally boiling over but as soon as the as soon as the kind of the piece is done it's quite nice to you know you immediately go and shake hands and say well actually i legend you know kind of your sort of best pals so the fact that it's finished to all it almost feels like any of that um, elevated kind of heat that, that that was sort of injected Slight into the series. animosity. Yeah, exactly. Which you want, to a certain extent, you want to see. And I know I, 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 was, I was picked up for saying that the, 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 the long room sort of antics of a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, of a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> feels like it, yeah. a couple of weeks ago was awesome. And I didn't really mean, I, what I meant was like, it's just, no one, no one died. So it was kind of like, it was, it's just quite fun to see mm something so outlandish and yeah, unexpected like it was an like an extraordinary moment yeah, yeah. you know that goes down in ashes folklore mm-hmm. undoubtedly so actually the fact that there was you know there was that that as you said that needle but it ends in a draw kind of in a way everyone's happy um yeah, to a certain, yeah. Okay, no one's like ecstatic but everyone's like ah that was that was an unbelievable series i'm glad it happened um and yeah we all we move on it's interesting that because I was sort of thinking like... In, <laughs> You're furious. <laughs> no, I was just thinking like in a way, like both, neither team is satisfied. Well, yeah. no, to a certain extent, so yeah. So because, yeah, England haven't won the Ashes. Australia have got the Ashes, but Australia's, you know, winless run, series winless run in England goes on and it's going to be, it will stretch to, what, 26 years at least now, um, which is a really which long is time. Astonishing, it's an extraordinarily really, yeah. long time. So... Um, so actually, neither team really got what they wanted. Both are unsatisfied. But does that actually, from from cricket's point of view, does that is that the most satisfying? Well, result? exactly. Ring the buzzer. Like <laughs> cricket is cricket was the winner. Yeah, uh, you know, ultimately. Yeah, because I, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, like if, if England had won, I, I mean, a it would have been like it would have been. Well, I would have been, been awesome if England had won. Extraordinary narrative, extraordinary turnaround. But it would have been just a, in on one level, it would have been another Ashes series where the home team wins, and then as you say, they'd have completed Basball. You're absolutely right that it's great that there's still that 
something to chase. Um, you you need that in sport, don't you? We've talked about this before. Like sometimes it kind of comes home to me. Like actually, <laughs> something will happen the way you kind of realize. Like oh, this is all just pointless, isn't it? This is all stupid. What we're doing. And I felt that after um, the 2018 Football World Cup final, where the BBC pundits in the aftermath of France's win yeah. were sat around talking about like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean? This result. And the first answer was. Well, it means they're probably favourites for the Euros. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. That if they win that, that would be less significant than this. It's like people don't really know what to do when you actually win the thing, when you achieve the thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's actually a, a very perceptive point, Tone. That Just, it, it leaves it on the table, doesn't it? Well, also, you know, we've been accused of being entitled, I think, before. <laughs> yeah, um, was that Emily said that? Or who said that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For lots of people, I think. No, I but like English sports fans expecting to win everything. Right, but right. I think, as we've probably said before, I think we actually deep down enjoy just missing out. Yeah, that's that's just that's the best. That's the best result. I've ri- to get I- really close, <laughs> but just full short. Sure. I've written that down. Euro '96. <laughs> that's honestly like they're, they're, I, I got a bit frustrated with seeing um, some takes. On you know on on X tone. I've been I've been doing a lot of Xing this week, reading a lot of Xs, and uh, one X that I saw said, uh, "England say they don't care about winning. They say they just care about sort of saving Test cricket and inspiring the next generation. But a kid's really going to be inspired by losing." And my answer to that is yes. <laughs> like there's, well, I mean, firstly because I think that the way England have played here, even in defeat, is clearly going to inspire kids a lot more than the win in 2015 or the win in 2013 which were both kind of like flat in a way and can you remember much about either of those series whereas like this series England have lost or not won the Ashes but is going to go down in history and clear and there's no doubt that kids will have been inspired by that much more so the way they play the game but then also as you say actually it for England I don't know whether it's just for England fans but certainly for England fans England sports fans the defeats stand more you you made the point last time tim henman somehow henmanism more romantic and even now like kind of slightly more in some way meaningful i don't know whether that's just for us because we were kids when henman was playing but somehow means more to me henman than andy murray even though i love andy murray you know brilliant but because he won it it almost diminishes <laughs> slightly it. Yeah. yeah whereas like euro 96 <laughs> that, you know that that kind of thing is that's what gets me out of bed <laughs> you know what i mean just just get up in the morning and watch the uh, watch the yeah. shootout what what i wanted to say about this series as a whole is just that like i think that's a really good point about it was sort of the perfect result but it was it was such a brilliant series obviously I think the cricket, I thought, I thought the quality of the cricket was actually pretty high. I've seen a few people say, oh, there's two like not very good teams at the end of the day. But I, no, I, I think they're actually two very good teams. I think it was quite high quality cricket, really compelling content. I mean, we'll get into this. Australia, I think, will feel frustrated. And I do think have ultimately been outplayed, but it has been really close. And the margins of victory in all four tests have been really narrow. And like, you just cannot ask for much more than that yeah. as a cricket fan. And so the comparisons with 2005 like are natural it is difficult for me and we've talked about this many many times but like i still feel that nothing can ever certainly top or even quite match 2005 but that's a lot to do with just my personal circumstances the time in my life that that came along you know we've talked about this you know having that was the summer that we left school and this summer i've absolutely loved this series but i've been sort of following it and you know i've had to consume it a lot through highlights and through live text and radio and stuff whereas 2005 i i think i watched every ball of the trent bridge test in 2005 so it was a very different experience nothing can quite compare to that but it's not that far behind and i didn't i didn't think that anything could get as close as it has in terms of kind of brilliance if you like but it's also just it's felt a bit like 2005 in terms of like just the kind of atmosphere around it and the uh the narrative and just the sort of buzz there's been a sort of in me there's been a sort of like childlike joy about this series which i haven't felt for a long time about cricket really and i <laughs> i guess i just you know so grateful to yeah. the two teams that have put on that show because 
yeah, I didn't I, like to be honest. I didn't really think that cricket could do that to me anymore, and, and it's not really since 2005 and that kind of that era that I felt that. Gonna make me well up here. <laughs> oh, promise myself. I cry. You don't get this with Jerry Seinfeld, do you? <laughs> um, no, I, I, no, I completely agree that 2005 is almost untouchable. And aside from our own personal experience, I think the fact it was yeah clearly the fact that Australia were almost um, mm. unbeatable. Really, yeah. it, it, and they, yeah, they it was might the be great the, side. might be the best team ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, and you know the fact that England just toppled them, mm-hmm. and you know there was. Uh, I've seen a couple of people doing uh, composite 2023-2005 teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've done one. I haven't, actually. Oh, come on. I could probably do one yeah. off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But, but you know, the players, the players involved were unbelievable. But, you know, what this England team have produced against a good, a very, very good Australia team, uh, World Test Champions, um, it, it, yeah, it, it's sort of, there's been no weak link, really. And there's so many storylines in this series. And as you say, you know, the score lines... Um, you know, Edgebaston, two wickets, and that you know that was to the wire. Um, Lords forty three runs. You know that that again. You know Stokes was so close to pulling off a miracle there, wasn't he? Um, heading the three wickets. You know, a, an unbelievable test. What a finish that was! What yeah. a finish! You know, okay, the fourth test. It looked like England were going to win comfortably, but you know who knows? Um, but you know that produced its own magic, and obviously it was cut short. And then, um, yeah, and then a brilliant fifth test, which again went um, that went you know right to the right to the wire, pretty much. Well, you know we've spoken about it before. Like, it's a really funny thing with Test cricket, and it's such a, there's such a narrow window <laughs> for a game to be. Like good. good. Uh, it almost has to finish. <laughs> it has to, it has to be, finish yeah. in like the last hour of the fifth day to yeah. be good. And most of these, well, I think all of them pretty much did mm. um, or came close to it. So, you know, you, you're basically talking about four brilliant test matches and then one one that, that obviously was cut short. And, you know, obviously having said that it was the perfect, you know, in a way, the perfect result to all. The only thing we were denied was that, you know, the hysteria around the fifth test had it been... Yeah, had it been, had we gone in two all, yeah. um, you know, who knows what that would have been like. But in the end, you know, it might have fizzled, you know, it might not have delivered that 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 quality and that drama. And, um, you know, obviously it became a little bit about Stuart Broad um, in the end, or quite a lot of bit about Stuart Broad. Um, so maybe that would have been different. But anyway, you know, it delivered its own kind of, mm. its own magic. So, I mean, I don't think you can ask for much more. We'll talk about Broad. I mean, it's so, so much of that is for me about the way that England played and like, like, like the approach is about basball, like, and Australia have played a massive part and we're going to talk about them. And it's that culture clash. It's the fact that there were two teams adopting such different approaches is one of the things that made it so compelling. But yeah, I do think that it is the England approach to the game that has created that, you know, if, if Silverwood and Root were still in charge, this series wouldn't have been the series it's been. So for all that, you know, now, and certainly coming into this test, people saying, oh, you know, Basball, has Basball been found out? You know, really, oh, that's Stokes' declaration, you know. Yeah, like there are things that England got wrong and they'll be ruining, or, you know, and ruining the, the fact that they didn't win the series. But I wouldn't, change any of it if that makes sense like I, I i i don't think england should have any regrets because the way they've played the yeah the fearlessness of basball the the I've, I've seen people accuse them of, of like lying about or saying like that, that when they're like oh we don't really care about winning that that's that they're either lying or they're stupid i don't think it's that they literally don't care about winning it's just that they they care more about the way that they play and entertaining and stuff like that's the first priority. That's actually probably the thing that makes them more likely to win than if they're, you know, going out afraid of what happens if they fail. And I just think it's so brilliant. Like it's such a, it's so refreshing. Yeah, well, it took me the- a while to get on board with it, <laughs> but I'm, I'm absolutely all in now. <laughs> I've, I've cashed in all, all my chips. But, yeah. I mean, you say like they don't care about winning, but you look at the reaction of Stokes yeah. and the, the rest of the players uh, in that fifth test, you know, winning, cl- winning that match and that, you know, the moment of victory clearly, yeah. clearly meant a lot to them. So no, I agree. The, uh, whether Basball is an actual thing or not. I mean, it is clearly the name that mm. has now been given to whatever has happened there. Yeah. Um, whatever it is and whether it, yeah, as I say, whether it is an actual thing or not, but it is, I mean, 
uh, during the rain delay, Sky played that that bit of NASA going to speak to lots of like coaches and stuff about getting you know and, and leaders in sport. But I mean, you know, what's happened in the last year and a bit will you know, it'll be they're, they're, you know they're in it's sort of in the conversation for the greatest coaching impacts in any sport. Well. You know, in any sport I know, at any time, surely. Mm. I mean, yeah, as you say, England were at such... It was an astonishingly low ebb Yeah, well, we were talking about that as being like, this is a systemic, like a generational problem. It's going to take one or more generations to solve. Yeah. And Andrew Strauss had basically put the full full stop on his report, <laughs> by which time England were the greatest team that ever walked the <laughs> earth. It's absurd. And, you know, Zach Crawley finishes, for example, finishes the series... Averaging fifty three, playing you know one of the great one of quote unquote yeah. one of the great Ashes innings. Apparently scored more runs in in this series than Andrew Strauss or Alistair Cook ever scored in a home Test series, which is an extraordinary stat. But I, I believe is true. Yeah, outscored Root by by you know, by a decent chunk, and you know just it encapsulates the whole thing really. Like I mean, it, it's an astonishing thing that, and it, maybe it changes the the perception of what you do with a player who you believe in, but it's failing because, you know, he obviously, he was given an extraordinary amount of time and we spoke about it on the last pod, but you know, whether or not what, what happens now, we'll see, but um, certainly what he produced there mm. is what he produced in the series is, is unbelievable <laughs> given where he was and given where England were. So yeah. To be fair, I would take a bit of credit on that. I think that, yeah, Brendan was a bit inspired by, by my approach to this show and I've just given you so much time. <laughs> I've given you so much time over the years, Tone, and, uh, you know, it's it's not paid off yet. Finally but shining. It's, well, yeah. you Talked know. a lot of shit over the years as well. <laughs> and recently. Like yeah. Zach. But, I mean, it was Talk, like... You talked more shit during this series than Andrew Strauss or Alistair <laughs> Cook ever talked. Ever did. <laughs> We've touched on this a bit, but, like, in terms of the the result, and, like, was it, you said two all, like, might be the most satisfying result. Is it a fair result, do you think? Like, is it is it fair that they drew the series. I mean, I know one answer to that question is, well, obviously, because that's what happened. But like in terms of like the balance of play, is that a reasonable result? Or <sighs> or doing, I suppose my leading question here is, did, did, England, deserve to win? did England deserve to win? Should England I, feel I, hard done by in the end? I don't, I don't think they should or can feel too hard done by because they, they, you know, they got themselves in a position where there was no margin for error and the error, you know, okay, they didn't make an error, but the margin was the weather. Uh, so I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll be too 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 disappointed. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think you can argue definitely you can argue that England were the better team overall. But I, I, yeah, I don't think I don't know. Yeah, for, I don't know. Two all I think is a is a fair result. I think Australia did yeah, did enough to to come away with the draw. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, as you say, the the beginning of the series now feels like a really long time ago. So if you kind of flip it around. And like flip around the order of when this happened in Australia had won the last two games, then you, everyone would be saying, well, really, Australia deserved to win because that's recency bias, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the it's momentum. Like the, yeah, all the momentum is with England now. But Australia, you know, deserved to win those first two games. I, I think we said at the time, like, England could and possibly should have won the first game, but it wasn't like a a fluke that Australia won that. They fully, fully deserved that. So th- that is true. And I think also you've got to say, Australia. Australia weren't far away from winning the fifth test either, yeah, really. Absolutely. I mean, like, well, literally, but also, you know, I thought they were going to win it when, at one when they stage. were. With, yeah. And like, and as we say, the the, the margins with like forty nine runs between Australia refluked it and Basball is fraudulent. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's really what we're talking about here. So, and and Australia also had to cope with a lot of adversity. Like they lost the first four tosses in this series. Which, particularly as the weight as the away team, is pretty pretty tough to swallow. Obviously, the injury to Nathan Lyon. I mean, England didn't have Jack Leach, so neither side had their frontline spinner. But Lyon is, you know, probably you'd say even more important to Australia than Leach is to England. So, um, yeah, they they overcame a lot of adversity to to get that result. I ju- I suppose my feeling is just that, yeah, that, like the weather. You could, there's no accounting for the weather. You it, it, to a certain extent, as you say, like. England got punished by the weather and deserved to because they were 2-0 down. So they, they made the mistakes that, that meant that that was, you know, cosmically f- fair. But I just feel like, yeah, in- England w- definitely would have won that game. And so it, in a sense, I suppose I'm saying like England were, for me, clearly the better team in three out of the five tests. So the fact that they haven't won 
the series that just feels something a little bit unfortunate about that from their perspective and while it's been incredibly close ultimately i think they have been the better team and they have outplayed australia so there's no sort of asterisk against it from australia's point of view but i do think if i were an australian fan i would be feeling like we kind of got away with one there like (laughs) the fact that we've that we're going home with the ashes feels like you know they've not burgled it but it's they've got a little bit lucky you know australia will be a bit disappointed because they've got a very good team they've got some of the best bowlers they've ever had, arguably. They've got some of the best batsmen they've ever had. Uh, okay, they're not the juggernaut of, you know, yeah, the sort of mm-hmm. 90s and early 2000s. But they are, this is still a very, very good side. So, you know, the, the, they go home having not won the series again. I, you know, I think it's undoubtedly a disappointment. But they've come very close. And if England go to Australia in a couple of years' time mm-hmm. and lose 4-0 or, five, or you know, lose 5-0... England haven't exactly got very close when they've been to Australia in recent times. So, you know, as you say, the home advantage obviously is 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 huge. Um, so, you know, it is a good effort, of course, but it's mm. it's still it, yeah, it still will be disappointing. You talk about those Australian like great Australian players in the team. Like, you've got to give credit to England there, like for having kind of mastered some of those. Cause like Hazelwood didn't have a particularly great series. Pat Cummins averaged nearly forty with the ball in the end. Um, Smith did okay, didn't he? But it was nowhere near the dominant player four years ago. So like England have sort of found the way to keep those legends in, in check. It's a shame that that series in Australia is two and a half years away because it feels like it's just slightly too far away for, for us to think, Oh, we're going to, it's going to be a, a rematch. You know, it's, it's yeah. quite, Although, England, like the England team is though, quite old. A few years ago though, when the ashes came around like straight after, <laughs> we were all just like, Oh, too soon. Yeah, no, too bloody soon. ashes. <laughs> no, that's true. I, yeah. I'm not, but, no, I'll take your point. I'm not yeah. saying it's just, it's a shame that that's the way the cycle is at the moment, that it's not, that it's two and a half years between a series in England and a series in Australia. Um, when it used to be back in the day, it was only one and a half years, wasn't it? But it's just, just cause the England team is, is quite old. I think the average age is 32. Or no, the, I'm not sure what the average age is actually, but I think eight of the eleven players are over 32, which is actually, I mean, it's it's sort old. of gone unnoticed just how old this team is. Well, I think partly because like Anderson makes everyone else look quite young, doesn't <laughs> yeah. he? It's like... Well, and a good example of that is uh, is Broad, who who we need to talk about because obviously he he retired. He announced uh, the on the third evening of this game that this would be his last test. I mean, to, I, I talk about childlike joy, Tone. I suppose there's no one who kind of captures that and evokes that feeling quite like Stuart Broad just the we can talk about our sort of favorite moments but like the eight for 15 and you know that Ben Stokes catch and Broad with his hands on his face you always got the sense that he just like couldn't believe his luck um that this was his job at you just saying Anderson kind of makes everyone else look young it's kind of made Broad look young in a sense that it's like if Broad's retiring he's only 30 oh no you yeah, know that, that does sort of make sense but also Anderson, in some respects, has over not overshadowed Broad, but it, if Anderson weren't there, Broad would stand out much more than he has, I suppose, his record and his dominance. Yeah, he's going to go down as an England great, isn't he? And I'm 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 sad about it. If, like it's great. He said he wanted to go out on the top and it, uh, go out on top, and he has. And he, you know, hit his last ball in Test cricket for six. His last ball he bowled was a wicket. Couldn't ask yes, for any more than that. It's amazing that, uh, how often that happens in cricket, though, that players have mm. glorious... I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, obviously, but... Yeah. Um, well, well Alistair of, Cook, you know... Yeah, lots of notable... But it's, it just feels a shame in a way, because, yeah, he's been brilliant this series. He, he's, he, you feel like he's got more years in him. Yeah, I think he could... Mm. Well, that said, what wasn't that long ago, was it, that we were sort of starting to wonder how long him and Anderson had, you know, or like... Where, I wasn't the, sure about yeah, picking him for the first test of this series. If you go back to our preview, it was kind of, we were sort of umming and ahhing. And it could have been all so different if England had persisted with Root and Silverwood as the, as the you know, coach-captain mm. duo for a bit longer, or, you know, if things had happened slightly differently, then it could have been very different for both Broad and Anderson. I don't, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see what Anderson does now. But for Broad, you know, he might have just been dropped one day and never, never been seen, you know, never seen again, or, you know it might have gone out losing, I don't know, just into grim fashion. So the fact that it's unfolded the way it has, and yeah, I mean, it goes out on literally a, a finale that you couldn't, that you'd be foolish to script. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable, really, and, 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 you know, and deserving. I mean, we've moaned 
probably moaned about him quite a lot over the years on the pod. You know, there was a quite a long period of time where yeah. he just bowled too short <laughs> yeah. constantly. And we were just like, just yeah. pitch it up. Yeah. Um, pitch it up, Stuart. But, well, but, and he did. And he did, eventually. Yeah. Um, but what, yeah, but yeah, he's responsible for some of the, the great moments in our cricket lifetime. So yeah, he, he undoubtedly a legend. Yeah, and he, ha- he has been a, a, not a cricketer in, of moments in the sense that that's all he's had, but just extraordinary, so many extraordinary moments, even more than Anderson. You say Anderson has been probably more consistent as sort of like taken three or four wickets, or, you know, seemingly almost every innings. But does Anderson have anything like as many sort of match-defining and memorable moments? I, I, I don't think so. And so, yeah, broad, and particularly in the Ashes, and I guess that's what you ultimately get judged on, isn't it, as an England cricketer? So, yeah, that's sad, sad about it, but couldn't ask for anything more as a way to go out, I suppose. Quickly on Anderson, actually, I mean, what, what do you think is the future for him? How many wickets did he take in the end of the series? About six? I mean, it's it must be his worst series ever for England. The question now, I suppose, is, is that a kind of anomaly? He didn't bowl badly, particularly. He just didn't have the kind of cut through, the penetration. Is that just a, a blip like this? Was just, he's just one bad series? Or is he on his way out because he's well into his 40s now? And I suppose we won't know until he plays another couple of series. But I mean, what, what would you do if you were him and if you were England at this point? Like, should he be... Should they be thinking about moving him on? I don't know. Um, Can you do that, or does he just play as long as he wants to? I don't. I mean, he, he, he did certainly. Yeah, he didn't bowl badly. Overall, he didn't bowl badly. He, he was possibly unfortunate in some of his spells, not to to get more reward. But equally, yeah, you know, he, yeah, he did. He wasn't influential, and he does look. He looks lumbering in the field. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because uh, England don't play a test for quite a while. They go to India. Yeah, is he going to get through a, a, a series in India? Is he going to get through to next summer? Uh, I mean, no, he's, he's done reasonably well in India. In yeah, I mean, past. he has. Yeah, you're right. I you know, maybe he gets through to the start of next summer and, and plays, you know, at least one of the games and gets a swan song. He, I mean, he undoubtedly deserves it. So, I mean, the, the test series next summer are West Indies in Sri Lanka, which I, I will look forward to, and I'm sure will be enjoyable series. But whether that will get Anderson's blood pumping, like, will that qualify as his swan solo? Is, is, but is he thinking even longer term than that? Like, he's going to play another couple of years. I, I don't. At the moment, it's kind of impossible to say, isn't it? He's talking in terms like he just wants to carry on indefinitely. I mean, I, I hope. So. I, I don't think there's any there's any reason to drop him at the moment. I mean, I suppose it, it depends slightly on fitness, and you know, in an ideal world, you wouldn't play him in every test going forward until he drops. So, you know, I think they'll have to manage him a bit. But but then again, you know, look, we're looking a bit further ahead. You know, Wokes isn't going to go to India, is he? And how, long, how much longer is he going to be involved? Well, he, I mean, might, he might, might go. He might go. Yeah. We should talk about Wokes, actually. Oh, well, he's been unbelievable. Well, he was player of the series, wasn't he? And that's an incredible thing, given that he didn't play either of the first two tests. And not just that, I mean, I don't think he was really in the conversation to play in the first two tests. We certainly, I don't think we even mentioned him on the preview <laughs> pod. It wasn't like, oh, it could be Wokes, but it just, he, he was sort of nowhere in that, even he was in the squad, but he was sort of nowhere in that that tough selection decision. And he's ended up coming in and just dominating. And I'm so pleased for him because he's first, he seems like a really nice guy and he's so sort of like unassuming, isn't he? But he's also been, he's like, Throughout his career, he's sort of he's never been the main guy, has he's never been the main character. He's always been a support bowler to Anderson, to Broad and others. And he's chipped in with lots of wickets and had brilliant performances. And we know what his average is in England. But it's been quite rare that he's been the guy. He's been the sort of uh, the match winner. And he's just been sensational here. And effectively produced the decisive contribution on, yeah, in the, in the fifth test on the final day. To, to spark England's victory. I mean, it, you know, it might have been so different. This would have been a very different pod, I'm sure. But, but I completely agree. Uh, very pleased from 19 wickets he finished with. Mm. In three tests. Which is superb. I think I uh, read that's the best average of any England bowler to have taken that many wickets in an Ashes series. Incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, 18. Just over 18 he averaged in those three tests. Yeah. And as you say, I mean, you say though, 
how much longer is he going to be around? He's sort of he's older now than you think. <laughs> I suppose because in my head he's always been like, oh, he's the long term replacement for Anderson. But that's because I was expecting Anderson to retire about seven years ago. You know, you saw, when Wokes first came in, you were like, well, when Anderson goes, aged thirty five, Wokes will take over. But Anderson's still there, and Wokes might retire first. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm 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 so so pleased for him, and obviously. Like it feels like the turning point in the series was when he came in and Mark Wood came in in the third test, and I, I didn't actually know this, but it's, it's so lovely that Wokes and Wood are like best mates. <laughs> Wood, yeah, like Wokes has ultimately had more of an impact in terms of wickets, but I think Wood mentally, as much as anything, just kind of spooked the Aussie, the Aussies, didn't he? And and understandably so when when someone's bowling that fast at you yeah i mean that's um, well and then and, and you know with the bat as well in, mm. in, a, in a series of very very narrow margins scoring crucial runs um uh, you know england went from having a pretty tired tail to there were some serious contributions from them um would average 20 wokes just under 20 at good strike rates mm. um yeah really important uh effort with the bat too I hope they could keep Mark Wood fit um, because actually... He's box office. Yeah, yeah. well, he is, yeah. <laughs> so watchable, and but also so effective. And you would think would be so effective in places that England will find it more difficult. You, you say, As you mentioned, the next test series is not for anno- an annoyingly long time, but is, uh, is in India in the new year. Wokes, you imagine, won't have that kind of impact. There'll be no broad Anderson, as, as we say, the jury's kind of out. So Wood, Wood will be the main threat there you would think but he's got to stay fit and it's been brilliant that he's been able to play all all the you know these three tests in a row and have such an impact in an Ashes series but as we know he's he's struggled to stay fit for long periods so just fingers crossed I guess not just I mean obviously for England and England fans but I think actually for world cricket it's good that Mark Wood's around Um, because he's yeah probably the fastest bowler in the world at the moment and certainly one of the most watchable Lastly, on England, Moeen Ali retiring again. <laughs> what was your assessment of his uh, contribution to the series? Oh, so it's a nice story. I mean, again, you know, he had a big say in that that final day. Actually, the, uh, part of the I don't know, yeah, part of the the satisfaction of how it ended, or the overall feeling, isn't it? Is that final day? You know, that that was just sort of the aftertaste mm. uh, that was left was just very satisfying. And again, yeah, like uh, like Wokes um, and like Broad, like Moeen had a big say in that final day. Um, took some really important wickets. The 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 ball, well, the whole dismissal of Mitch Marsh was that whole dismissal was fantastic. And the fact that Bearstow finished with a, a wonder, we'll call it a wonder catch, but you know, a phenomenal catch um, was great. I, you know, it's not how you would have scripted the series going into it that that Mo would have come in. Mm struggled the way he did you know the, the the obviously the blister that developed on his hand you know he, he just he shouldn't have been there really mm. um but at full credit to him for for coming through and, and playing a big part in it yeah well yeah just just quickly I, mean, I think on. he said didn't he that if if he gets you know if Stokes calls him again he won't pick up <laughs> blocked block number yeah um just very quickly on the satisfaction of the final day yeah there was that Johnny Besto catch off Mitch Marsh where actually the last wicket was uh Kerry caught best, bold broad, wasn't it? Which, <laughs> yeah. well, we might talk about this more in a second, but yeah, it, uh, was was quite satisfying. Um, well, but when when Kerry was at the crease, and you know, he looked like he, he looked like a, he, he looked very very focused, obviously, mm. and he, he ran. You know, obviously, the, the the task became way too much. But at that point, you know, if he'd have got Australia over the line, the the kind of the poetry of that, I was been, genuinely thinking, like, I was the headlines were being written, weren't they? This is what he'll be remembered for. Yeah. Just quickly on Moeen, like, I mean, you know that I've uh, I've had my issues with Moeen over the years, particularly in this final test. He's had an impact, hasn't he? And, and I think does leave with the feeling that he's he's played his part in this result, which I'm sure Australian fans are listening to this and going like, you didn't win the Ashes, but you know. It, <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> But it, it, like the feeling is so positive uh, as as England fans are, um, um, at the end of this series. What can I say? Moeen played his part in that. I do still, <coughs> I still, there's part of me that feels like this has been a kind of microcosm of his career in the sense that 
he actually didn't do that much and yet is leaving with people going like, <laughs> what a player, what an impact. Like he scored, what, 150? <laughs> and took a few wickets. And people were like, he, should, he might be the best England all-rounder, you know. And I've just always been a little bit perplexed by that with Moyen's career. It's like he's not, I've always just felt he's not really done much and is probably ultimately not quite good enough, but... But well, I think there'd be a lot of people who disagree. I'm I, sure I, there are. I, I know there are. I think that it's just nice that you know it, it was a nice moment that, that you know in walking off with with Broad at the end. Um, yeah, as you say, it, again, it could have been different. You know, that after the struggles when he was parachuted in, the series could have very easily sort of just drifted away, and um, and it would have been a really kind of frustrating and disappointing kind of way to come back in and. Um, Actually, again, it ended really nicely. So, yeah, that was great. That's true. I mean, England definitely made some mistakes, didn't they? Like, I, I still think the decision we talk about Bearstow. I still think the decision to drop folks was the wrong one, and and it backfired. And and I think is one of the reasons why England didn't win this series because you know, Bearstow Bearstow finished strongly, uh, both with the gloves and with the bat. But in the ultimate, when you look at the sort of balance sheet, the ledger at the end of the series, those drop catches in the first two tests are probably the difference, aren't they? So, you know, England did make mistakes. I thought recalling Moeen was a mistake. In the end, I think he's, you know, he's he's just about uh, done enough. Um, but yeah, I'm slightly puzzled by some of the plaudits. But anyway, that's, as you say, people do feel differently. Australia, as I say, I don't think they're going to be leaving with an asterisk. Like there's not going to be an asterisk against this Ashes uh, win in the history books but yeah how disappointed do you think they are they should be to have not won the series but it's particularly from being 2-0 up or do they not care about that is it just ashes ashes is to be all and end all ah uh, no i think well i don't know but I mean, overall i mean they've gone back with the ashes and the the world test championship but yeah no, i think well i think yeah i think undoubtedly they'll be disappointed because you know <clears throat> I mean, whatever happens, the bulk of the players have had unbelievable careers, whatever happens. But a win in England, you know, clearly would be, would have been the mm. sort of top of the pile probably. So, um, <coughs> yeah, not, not to have done that. And, and, you know, how many of them, how many of those older players come back? Whether, you know, whether, whether Smith comes to England again. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, that's Smith's last test in England. I don't, is that, He'll be back in four years, surely. Yeah, he's not that old, is he? Yeah. Was, so was he thirty-three? You could see him playing. There's for, no way to know. There's literally no way to find out. So yeah, no, I, I mean, they will be. They'll be slightly disappointed. I think they'll be even more disappointed if the, if England win in a couple of years' time down under. But he's thirty-four. Yeah, he should be back. I suppose before the series, like on the preview, we were saying this will be, this could be the kind of defining series for them like for their legacy as a team like are they just very very dominant at home and you know maybe went away from home against not such good teams or are they actually a great team of the modern era and they you know they're world test champions winning and you know winning a series in England would would make it hard to kind of ignore that case so again it's kind of deeply unsatisfying I suppose. like for, it's sort of they, we haven't answered that question but maybe that kind of leaves it on the table as, yeah. we, as we say maybe that's I mean that's a good thing from cricket's point of view that they've still got that to chase yeah I feel like the result does mean if you if you sort of draw a line under cricket now if you just sort of halt cricket I don't think you would put this Australia team amongst I mean to be fair they've got a very there's a there's tough competition in that isn't mm. it I mean it, and, and uh, you know, it's possibly slightly unfortunate for them that not that long ago they would have been think they would have been eyeing up this series, thinking like, "Here we go," licking their lips. But they've sort of out of nowhere, England have kind of come from yeah, got gone from an absolute disaster to this juggernaut, really. Because mm. that's the thing, is that I th- you know, I think that probably the thing that will when they close their eyes at night, the thing that will probably be the most frustrating thing is that they England did kind of for the most part, call all the shots. So, which is, unu- you know, which going back to our, back in the day, you know, Australia were always, you know, the, their brand of cricket was mm. the front foot, domineering, setting the tone, dictating terms yeah. kind of cricket. Whereas, you know, that, that not, I mean, even in 2005, England didn't do that, did they? they you know, they, they kind of, 
apart from maybe well, Peterson probably changed the mm-hmm. we've talked this morning before, but and Harmison. Yeah, slightly changed the needle there, but um but is that yeah, that's not something that Australian cricket teams have been used to, yeah. to being on the receiving no, that's a good end. Point. Of. And they did look nervy at 2-0 up. They look they played like they were looking over their shoulder. And I think that is something that they will and should regret. But I suppose, yeah, ultimately they got what they came for, which is the Ashes. I just, but I also don't know how many of those players will feel like they had a good series. Like definitely, like Kawaja was brilliant, wasn't he? Uh, Mitchell Stark, who was uh, who Brendan McCullum named as as Australia's player of the series. Smith did pretty well, but the others, it was sort of it was all in patches, wasn't it? Like mm. Labuschagne played one or two good innings. Alex Carey was really good at the start, but then faded with the bat. He was very good with the gloves all the way through. Yeah, Cummins again, good at the start, but ended up, you know, going around the park at six and over most of the time. Yeah, I, I don't know how many will feel like they've, you know, that they personally have had a good tour. Yeah, I don't think any of them became a thorn in the side mm. of 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 England in the way that players have come to England in the past. Yeah. And, 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 and that we might have expected them yeah. to. And the thing as well, it, it sort of underlines, I don't know, it, like cricket is a funny sport, isn't it? The fact that Kawaja not that long ago was... was kind of out in the cold mm. um, and comes in and is now one of the best batsmen in the world and yeah was he top top run scorer in the series and Stark didn't play the first test by yeah, the way and Stark comes in and, <laughs> yeah. and, and finishes top wicket taker mm. and is Australia's player of the series and and Mitch Marsh again <laughs> comes up nowhere and, and plays <laughs> like he's like the, the greatest player that's ever sort of walked into that the middle 100 in the third test I mean that is just inexplicable isn't it yeah, and that, it kind of gets it's like been forgotten to a certain extent or is sort of down the list of the remarkable moments in this series but that yeah that that ought to be up there just as a kind of jaw dropping thing because it it was not just that it was Mitch Marsh doing it but also he was the only play, it was like this weird there was just that what like Australia would have been all out for 60 otherwise or something then there was that one partnership where he just absolutely clonked it around yeah and it, and it does he has to sort of air of someone who i mean and and literally almost like he was someone who's just sort of called up from the thirds to <laughs> to kind of fill in a spot and, yeah. it, and, and played like a dream um it was remarkable yeah and, and actually you know and travis head is i mean yeah head, head, was head, was, head was good head was good yeah really good yeah and you wouldn't have thought that you know not that many years mm. ago you know he was sort of seemed like a bit of a bit part player mm. but it's yeah. not very good, and, and you know, as we said, all of the margins of the results were very, very close. So it could have been, could have gone any which way. It's probably an exaggeration to say that you know, not many of them will feel like they had a good series. But I guess just as England fans coming into it, we were kind of nervous about some of those players and, and how dominant they were likely to be, and and yeah, that didn't really happen in the end. Um, I've done a composite eleven for you. This is this is not a two thousand five twenty twenty three composite eleven. It's a just post series composite eleven. I've been I was picked up on the fact that we, I didn't do one of these before the series. Listeners have been picking me up on that, and I, I what can I say really? I just I apologise. That is I, a big I'll oversight. Be handing in my resignation yeah, in the morning. Uh, but I have got one now. Uh, so see what you make of this. Uh, what I've done here is I've looked at the two teams and their performance over the series, and I picked one eleven. Uh, what you could describe as a composite eleven, uh, composite of the two novel feature. Uh, Crawley Kawaja, the two leading run scorers in the series, are they? So, <laughs> get a pat on the back for that selection. Then I've gone Labashane, Root, Brook, Stokes, Carey, Stark, Wokes, Wood, Broad. So I've got no spinner. I've kind of broken my own rule of always having a spinner. I've got no spinner because I you just can't. I don't see how you can pick any of them. I've gone Labashane at three, even though I'm not sure he had a great series, but I'm I'm trying to stick to pick players in their position. So most composite 11s I've seen have been Root at three and Smith at four, but Root doesn't bat at three, does he? So you've got to, you know, Ooh, make, you, you get paid to make the tough calls here. <laughs> and I, so I'm going, who was the best number three? Well, it was Labashane. He did, he did score 100 and, you know, ultimately a very important 100. In, I respect this. Um, proper composite staving off that, Staving off defeat at Old Trafford. Yeah, so uh, Crawley, Kawaja, Labashane, Root, Brooks, Stokes, Carey. Do you want to quibble any of these? Carey, maybe, I suppose. I just think he was very, very good with the gloves all the way through, even though he's batting absolutely nosedived. Brook? I don't know. I mean... Brook over Smith. I, lo- I, well, I, I, mean, Brooke I love Brook. Brook over Head. But I do feel like... <laughs> I don't know. I, if I think back to England mistake, I, his shot at Lords mm. when he should have... A day... Well, he should have... 
he should have gone on to make a hundred. I went. That was. The, I went to the worst day. <laughs> I went to the the worst you day, went to that day of the greatest series. <laughs> um, and I do have a bit of a bugbear with Brooke on that day because he played a horrendous shot. Yeah, but um, in the next test, he led the way in that yeah, run chase to yeah. win to win the game. For England. He's an exceptional player, and I'm, yeah, just that was quite annoyed. A tough by that call, stuff. to be fair, because Travis Head was also very good, but. I think ultimately by the end of the series, I think I, I, I just thought Brooke was better. And then Stokes, Carey, Stark, Wokes, Wood, Broad. Um, I just, I mean, personally, yeah, I don't think you can argue with any of that. <laughs> um, but so what did I end up with there? I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven England and four Australian. Comprehensive. Mm. Do you, could we select a composite 2005, 2023, 11? Well, England 11. Or do you want me to do that? We're going to have or to think of... All four teams. We're going to have to... <laughs> all four teams would be tough. <laughs> we might... We'll, uh, we're going to have to think of something to talk about in the next pod because we're bloody hell not going to talk about the 100. So maybe that's maybe that's what yeah, we'll do next that's time. that's a good one. Maybe that's what we do I next mean, we, time. Yeah. Content. We, need, we do need something. We need Can content. we just briefly talk about the World Test Championship? Yeah. And how much of a nonsense it already is. Yeah, because the points have been deducted, haven't they? Yeah, so... Both teams have been penalised for slow over rates. <clears throat> but, I mean, it just makes the, the whole thing a nonsense. So, England, uh, England, I think, have been penalised 19. But I, I don't really understand the World Test Championship table, mm. to be honest. Um, I haven't studied it in that much detail. But, yeah, I think West Indies haven't won and are above England. Haven't won a test and are above <laughs> England. You've won two tests. Yeah. But I've been penalised 19 points. This, did you say this? Sorry, I wasn't really listening. For slow over rates. Yeah during the series no, look, that, you know, that's been a that's been a kind of recurring theme of of, of debate around the series but i don't it, they're shooting themselves in the foot mm. by undermining the world test championship with those penalties when they should there's, there's got to be another way of dealing with that i completely agree because at, at this point the world test championship is all this this edition of the world test Championship. you know it's, it's obviously still a young concept uh motorbikes came past then yeah and um, since I mentioned Morecambe and Wise, I've been waiting for a fire engine to go past, <laughs> ambulance to go past, so I can say he's not going to sell much ice cream going at that speed. That's all I've been thinking about. So. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously the World Test Championship is, is still a young concept that hasn't established itself. And this edition, which has only just got started, already seemed, I've already lost yeah. interest in it at this point. So I think, you know, and that is the problem. I mean, you know, I should be the in charge of it, but I think just scrap it now. I, do, I genuinely think scrap it now. I do agree with that. Like, I, I understand where they're coming from because they're, they're, their argument would be if we just find them, that that has no impact really because, I, mean, I suppose it's more so in cricket than in football, say, but like the the financial penalty isn't enough in the scheme of things to make a dent so you you want to punish them and they say this in football as well that like you want to punish them on the field of play like that's what they actually care about so points deductions in the Premier League table matter a huge amount more than docking Manchester City you know £500,000 or something because it's literally just pocket change but the problem here is that no one cares about the World Test Championship so like you've already or you're you're tr- desperately trying to make people care about it and you're now you're now sort of uh, cheapening it or, or, or making it and nonsense by yeah. saying that you know the the result of the series that we've just had has been completely wiped out because of slow over rates and this we've we've not got time to talk about this really now Tane and this is going to open a can of worms as far as this is concerned <laughs> but my heretical cricket opinion is I don't really care about slow over rates I know people get really worked up about it and like clearly in an ideal world like I would love there to be 90 overs a day but I do think there's something slightly weird about the fact that in the aftermath of this series, which we just talked <laughs> yeah. about, is like the great, the greatest test series that. for 18 years at least, you know, and you know, and and one of the best test series of all time. That people are like, well, they just didn't bowl enough overs. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. I take the point, but like, if it if the cricket is that compelling, I just I don't really notice that they're not getting through the overs. It doesn't bother me that much, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. It's like people have been chuntering away kind of throughout the series, haven't mm. they? Xing away and whatnot. Um, but it does, yeah, it feels like you sort of, you could imagine people walking out the ground on from, from the Oval 
and being like, mm. oh, what about that? Yeah. Like, greatest series <laughs> of all time. And someone else just going, the bloody overrates. I only bowled 81 <laughs> overs. <laughs> just, yeah. Come no, on. I agree. It's... You've kind of lost sight of the bigger picture. That is my, my view. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't be pulled up on it, but I do think, I think that's a big overreaction to, yeah, to, as you say, basically destroy the credibility of the World Test Championship table. Yeah. Seems ludicrous to me. I know we've probably gone on for ages here, Tone, and we ought to wrap up. But before we finish, I did just want to uh, possibly ill-advisedly uh, return us to something that we were talking about earlier <laughs> in the series because on our on our pod after the second test at Lords, we spoke about, I don't know if you remember this, Tone, the Johnny Bairstow <laughs> run-out incident. And we didn't then do a pod after the third test. So we and uh, last week's one, we, you know, we were we were doing on a lunch break. We haven't really had an opportunity, is what I'm saying, to to talk about the fallout from that. It, it's split opinion, I think it's fair to say. Split opinion amongst the listeners. Our take on the Bearstow run out, and and genuinely did like I we said at the time, like we're going to get emails about this, and we did, and it was pretty much fifty fifty. The reaction that we got from listeners that some people thought, you know, absolutely nailed it. You legends, you've done it again. <laughs> you another hit the <laughs> <laughs> only people we want to listen to uh when it comes to great but then yeah we had um a, a number of uh messages from people <laughs> yeah. that were slightly Someone less tried to burn my house down <laughs> that, that was a bit of a downer um but so i just i just wanted to kind of touch on that because we had some really thoughtful um messages from listeners and there was one in particular i wanted to read because it, it positive it has well, I wouldn't describe it as positive, <laughs> but no, it's, it's helped me to understand because I think, you know, for listeners who, who haven't heard, who didn't hear our, our take on that, you know, basically our feeling or certainly my feeling was just, I really didn't like it. And I thought Australia, I think it was poor from Australia to do it and certainly to not withdraw the appeal. And my basic view boils down to something like that just isn't cricket like it literally isn't cricket not oh that's just not cricket but it's yeah. it's not what the game is it's not what the rule is there for I suppose and I didn't say this at the time but I suppose that's kind of like when people talk about the spirit of cricket I think that's the wrong way to put it because people get bogged down in that and it's like it's oh it's against the spirit of the game and it's like there is something sort of slightly elitist and silly about that attitude but I suppose where the word spirit comes in for me is it's like the law and the spirit of the law. You know, people talk about in actual law, not just the laws of cricket, there's the law and the spirit of the law. So you've got to make sure you follow not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law, not just the law, but what is the law for? And to me, that's not what the law is for. So, but I did, we did have an email from somebody called Jack who has helped me to kind of see the other side because I, I genuinely struggled to understand and I, I think i said at the time you know i just i can't respect australia for the way they behave there country but <laughs> but well bluey bluey's mum bluey's dad <laughs> etc um made a good point i won't read the whole email because it's very long um but made the point as far as the incident goes you're right to say different culture of play playing any level in australia you do what bearstow didn't keep your bat in the crease till you know the ball is dead it isn't bearstow's decision when that is and the ball never was if he had paid attention, all would have been avoided. And then I thought this was the kind of key sentence for me. They saw Bairstow wandering around like he's above the laws and got him. And I think, I suppose that's the thing that I was missing. Like, to me, having not had that context, not having grown up playing cricket in Australia, to me, it's just like, it's almost feels like cheating because it's like, it's, to me, it's like, it's so obviously, it's so obvious that Bairstow uh had misunderstood that situation that he best clearly thought the ball was dead so therefore taking advantage of that misunderstanding feels very low what jack is saying is that the australian view of that because of the way that they've grown up playing the game is it's like you almost deserve to be punished for that kind of carelessness so for me it's like that's a misunderstanding you know let's not exploit that because that's not what the game is. But the Australian view is like, no, that is all fair game. And, you know, if you're going to be that careless, then you get what's coming to you. And not in like a uh, an unpleasant way, but it's like, no, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's part of the game. You've got, to, yeah. you've got to pay attention literally all the time. I think we got another email saying... Cause I, <laughs> saying, because <laughs> <laughs> go <Yeah>. home. <laughs> but no, saying that like, oh, you know, um, 
the the writer saying oh you know it happens five or six times in every game it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like I, I, like i've played i don't know i've played quite a lot of cricket compared mm. to the well you know like compared to someone in the street um but I, it, arguably not you know not that much and also i've not I've not often been a kind of a key player in the match <laughs> so maybe i've just yeah. sort of drifted off in the field but i actually don't i don't remember i've never seen a, a, a mm. wiki in a game I've been playing in has never tried to knock the stumps down to catch a player walking out the crease at the end of an over yeah, thinking the ball's because dead. Because they think the ball's yeah. dead. Yeah. I've just never seen it. So, uh, uh, but I'm happy to be I'm, I'm happy to take on board yeah, we that, pa- that it might be different in Australia. I so. suppose that's what I'm saying is like yeah. we, we sort of stand corrected in terms of like that yeah, p- perhaps it seems like that, that does happen in Australia and that's a surprise to me and I would still say that I think that's a shame because I, I still don't think that's what the game is. Um, yeah, if everyone understands, but, that, but yeah, but if yeah. if that's the case, then uh, then I apologise to uh, Bluey, Blues, Mum, Bluey's dad, the nation of Australia. I suppose, I suppose my question though yeah, would be on. my counter to that. I mean, I, I don't know whether I can't remember that particular the, what I'm referencing there of someone saying it happens like five or six mm. times every game. Is if that person is in Australia and everyone in the game knows that that you can't, you know, you can't give an inch, you can't mm. switch off at any moment why presumably there's no opportunity to do that so why are they doing it anyway who's you know what i mean yeah you mean because everyone's so if everyone's so on, 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 on know, the ball on the, exactly where would be the opportunity the only opportunity would be and i have seen it players batting well out of their crease or or like kind of initiating a right whatever in a tight moment you would throw the stumps down but anyway so yeah we yeah can, yeah, uh, well, I mean, this is as I say, this is probably ill-advised to bring this up again because we might get more emails now. But <laughs> I, spo- I suppose all I'm like, I, I suppose all I'm saying is, yeah, I, I'm happy to be to stand corrected on that. That, yeah, that I I didn't appreciate that, and and I think I now understand that Australian perspective better, and I no longer feel like oh well, I can't respect Pat Cummins for the way he behaved there because, and I feel more like that wasn't as disingenuous as I thought. Like his reaction, like he was bemused and couldn't understand what what the fuss was about at the time i was cross with him for that because i just thought that was disingenuous but i'm i'm happy now to accept that that isn't the case and it is just a culture clash i suppose all i would still say is that i would also hope that australians might try and see our point of view as well that, that just because of our context and the way that we've grown up playing the game that that's why we felt the way we did about that incident and so I mean, it feels like a long time ago. It's, it's a sort of long forgotten, in some respects, moment in the series. But um, just something I wanted to uh, to, to touch on because we hadn't really had the opportunity to. It's probably time to wrap it up, Tone. We've been going on ages. It's got dark. The car's kind of steaming up. Yeah. It's getting warm in here. It is getting quite warm in here. Yeah. Let's um, let's bring it to an end there where there's got... There's plenty, plenty there, plenty, plenty to chew on there, isn't there? <laughs> to go I mean, what's what's the future for the World Cricket Show? Would you say <laughs> for the next few months? Given uh, that there's now that's the end of international cricket for a while. Are we going to talk about the hundred? Have you watched any of it so far? Uh, it was on at work. A bit of it was on at work. It's great, isn't it? It's brilliant. It's so good. I just the, the on-screen graphics are just so. <laughs> it's amazing they haven't fixed that. To be honest, I I appreciate. It's extraordinary. The, I appreciate Absolutely the, extraordinary. you know, the fact that they've tried to do something different, but after day one, they should yeah. be like, oh, that's not really worked, is, is it? That's a, yeah, swing and a miss there, lads. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <sighs> but, but I don't know, yeah. Anyway, well, we've got a Cricket World Cup Well, I was going to say up. this. Can you believe there's a Cricket World Cup coming up? It start, it's in two months. Has there been a <laughs> low-profile World yeah. Cup in any sport ever? I mean, they're, they're in the process of, like, changing all the fixtures around. Um, and it's only 10 teams isn't it yeah and no uh, West Indies which the... I know like associate mm. cricket people are loving but I just think that is I mean it's you know it's West Indies fault in in, yeah. in the sense that they didn't qualify but I just think that's that that takes something away from the tournament for me well they should be yeah I agree they should be there there's going to be a way for them to be there and uh, there's going to mm. be more teams there basically yeah this, oh, effect, yeah, yeah this is effectively a champions trophy isn't it it's tough to get that excited about this point but I think we'll get into it when it, when it comes. Oh yeah, well, uh, big time. Um, I'm sure we will. But it's just kind of remarkable that it's that soon, 
and nobody's talking about it at all. Are England playing any ODIs between now and then? Um, I think we might have a few. Have we got? I think we've got a few in September, haven't we? There's literally no way of knowing. Uh, yeah, England are playing New Zealand in four ODIs, a four-match series in September. Yeah, so we've got that. I mean, I suppose one of the big failures of the series, and partly I think it's because it's happened, it's all sort of happened too quickly, really. We've sort of been, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, is that we didn't get Ashes Daily going again. The Twitter account, <laughs> Twitter account which is not the yeah. X account. I'm surprised Elon hasn't, <laughs> hasn't claimed it for his own. I'm surprised he hasn't renamed the whole service to Ashes Daily. X.com slash Ashes Daily. <laughs> um, so we've got two and a half years, I think, to sort no, that but out. But again, though, Tony, you've got to, let's leave it on the table. It's a dream to chase, isn't it? True. You know, if we'd done it, then we'd have done it. And then there'd be, <laughs> there'd be no, no worlds left to conquer. Yeah. So, uh, well, anyway, that, 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 yeah, that's one still there on the board. But yeah, I don't know. Will we see in a couple of, see in, see in two months? Well, I just said, let's, let's do that 2005-2023 composite 11 next time. Maybe go to the tea room Yeah. Uh, to do that one. And, you know, just sort of like take the temperature of the hundred and other stuff that's going on around the world, maybe. Uh, we could do we could do like a proper so maybe here you go here's a challenge let's each watch at least one full game of the hundred and then review it on the next pod. Okay, deal. <laughs> Very enthusiastic. Um, so let's do that. Uh, yeah, we'll do one more uh, this month maybe, and then World Cup. Well, yeah, we'll do a World Cup preview. England will win it, and then we won't do what we will be back <laughs> next, in like March. Yeah, April like, next yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's leave it there. Um, if you enjoy the World Cup show, get involved on the internet. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and of course on X. Um, send us an email if you want to, if you've got something to say about <laughs> about the Johnny Bairstow incident. Bring it on. Uh, World Cricket Show yeah. at gmail.com. And, it was great, uh, actually, they're just to be t- truthful. Um, it was great to, to see so many people weighing in on that. Mm. you know um it was, it was it's a good debate no and we genuinely do enjoy hearing from and corresponding with the listeners on email and on i was going to say twitter what's twitter on x as well um so that's it rate and review as well rate and review the show or wherever you listen to it have we done it is that covered everything yeah cool well we're, we're really finishing on a on a strong note here um so let's uh, let's wrap it up Cheers, Tone. Thanks for the hospitality of your car. <laughs> of our car, I should say. Yeah. Uh, now let's uh, head off to bed. See you in the morning. Cheerio. Bye-bye for now. It